Welcome back to the Plugin for More podcast. This episode is a replay from July of 2022 after the three of us got our first look at the F-150 Lightning. Uh, this truck was pretty anticipated at the time and we were really excited to get our hands on it. And we just wanted to share again our insights into the vehicle. But first, please make sure to like and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It does make a big difference for the algorithms and boosts us up higher in the rankings. Also, if you haven't got a chance yet, EVUniverse.com is up and running. There's lots of parts and accessories available for sale, as well as thousands of electric vehicles that are for sale in the listings. The site is also packed full of insights and educational points that we hit on the show here. Also, Plug In For More is now on YouTube as well, alongside its sister channel of EV Universe. We would love it if you were to get over there and give us a like and subscribe on those platforms. We hope you're enjoying your spring. Please enjoy the show. Welcome to Plug In For More, brought to you by EVUniverse.com. EVUniverse is your one-stop shop for all things related to the electric vehicle. Here on this podcast, our goal is to educate, inspire, and hopefully make your transition into the electric vehicle marketplace a lot less intimidating. And now, here are your hosts, Mike, Tom, and Bryant. All right. Woohoo. Good to go. Mike's um, levels are good. Hey, hey. Brian's are good. All right. So cool. We're going to talk today about the F-150 Lightning. We all got our first look at it here this past week. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty excited about it. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was uh, I mean, it's really cool that it, they took the standard F-150 and made the usability just better i mean they didn't make it you know crazy looking or um do anything out of the ordinary and after driving that thing and experiencing how it how it works i think it's going to be a huge huge hit i think i mean it already is but um it's really functional i thought the same i had an experience last night at the local parade the chevy bolt came by and Everyone's like, hey, Brian, look, it's, a, it's an electric vehicle. They didn't realize the car right after it was an EV. It was a Lightning pulling a float. It looked just like a normal F-150, like all the other F-150s. And when I pointed out, like, hey, by the way, that's an EV, too. They're like, what? That's an EV? Like, they didn't, <laughs> to your point, it doesn't stand out as an EV. It looks just like an F-150. And it doesn't look like a Bolt or something else that's like, okay, that's clearly an EV. So I think that's cool. Yep. That's what I ran into with the, the BMW i4, too. Um, same, same deal. I mean, people have no idea versus if you're driving a Tesla or your EV six, Bry. Um, I mean, you stand out like a sore thumb, which is good and bad. So anyways, yes. So this particular truck we got as a demo from the dealer it was one of their mannequin trucks we had. I had it for 24 hours. Um, I was glad I got to share with you guys for the few minutes while we did have it, but it was the first and probably the longest time that I've actually had to drive in an electric vehicle uh, aside from normal test drives. So we put about 130 miles on it that day, which used just over about half the battery. This particular truck was the standard range Lariat model. So it has the 98 kilowatt hour battery, um, which gives you a total range of about 230 miles is where they're projecting for that. I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I, I haven't always been a Ford guy when it comes to trucks. I've been down the, the Ram rabbit hole quite a bit, but there's a lot of the creature comforts of that truck that aren't exclusive to it being an EV, but it, it, it was really nice. 
And once you're inside of it and moving down the road, you don't know the difference. It feels like a normal truck. Yeah, I thought it rode better than a lot of the F-150s I've driven just because of the way the suspension was set up. And I mean, the rear is coilovers and the weight of the battery sort of evened out the weight distribution. And to me, it just it was very, very smooth, um, not only from an acceleration standpoint, but just the ride feel. And uh, that was the biggest takeaway for me, besides obviously the massive frunk and the um, the different ways you can charge, you know, other appliances off the vehicle, power tools, etc. Um, I mean, just from how it drove, I was thoroughly impressed. And there is, you know, some of the more nuts and bolts of it. And you know, I kept track of the miles and and not being an EV owner yet, I was skeptical of the mileage range. Not that I have a ton of anxiety about it, but it gave, I had 235 miles when I jumped into it. Um, you know, I had about a 20 minute drive down to where we did our little photo shoot and 20, you know, probably another 25, 30 miles back to my house where we hung out for a little bit and went through the truck, played with some of the stuff. My kids loved that you can draw on the touchscreen and there's games on there they could play and that, that, that I had fun with that. But keeping track of that miles, I wasn't nice to it like i exploited that four seconds here to 60 any time i got a chance like it wasn't like i was taking it easy and we did a, a trip from traverse city to frankfurt for the fireworks and going to go do that i had the crew set at 65 and just kind of held it there the whole way and when i dropped that truck off at the end of the driving time there was 100 miles of range left you know i drove yeah. 130 and you know, it's true to its word, even though it wasn't being kind. Yeah, I think I was impressed the most by the frunk. Uh, a lot of space up front there. You could literally sit in it. I think you can fit quite a few groceries in the, in the thing. I, I was really impressed with that. I was also really taken back and really impressed with con Ford continues, I think, to do an awesome job of blending kind of your first EV experience into a normal car experience. I think uh, the, besides the touchscreen, the F-150 Lightning is the exact same truck. Uh, the touchscreen's not intimidating. Uh, it's a little bit more than my Ram has, uh, to Tom's point, but it's not crazy. The 0 to 60 acceleration in the mm -hmm. truck was out, 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 just literally outrageous in a pickup. I've never felt it in a pickup before. So uh, I thought overall... <laughs> mm -hmm. That truck is going to bridge the gap. If, you, if listeners, if you if you have any anxiety about moving to an EV, I think Ford's doing a great job right now with the um, Mach E and with the F one hundred and fifty Lightning. I both felt like these are very very easy cars to get into. There's nothing super nuts about them. Besides the charging, it's the same experience or similar experience as you're going to get with the uh, normal F-150. Towing is awesome. Now, I think the range drops quite a bit on the towing, but it can tow a lot. You're going to tow across the country. There's some probably things around going to a charger with a trailer on, which I think a lot of people aren't, have never done before. I think that might be an issue. But if you're just going to tow your boat locally, you know, tow it 50 miles, it's going to be no problem for you. So I, was, I think uh, hats off to Ford for really, I think, taking the best-selling car and truck in America and making an EV. I think it's going to feel very comfortable to a lot of people. So I had a really good friend of mine who has a Ford F-150, and he tows a lot. And so I was just talking to him about my experience in the Lightning, what his thoughts were. Um, he hasn't driven one, but he's driven other EVs in the past. And 
um, with the boat that he tows and how much that is. And he was looking at upgrading to a Ford F-250 because of how much he's towing and all those things. And when we talk about the lightning and the range for him, I think he falls into the subset. And I think it's a pretty small subset of people where it probably isn't the best fit for them because he tows a, a massive boat very frequently and for long distances. And so I think if you're one of those people, it might not be quite ready yet, you know, um, to make the transition to an EV for that particular use case. But um, I think it's it's coming. And also for the, the typical truck driver or, you know, person who's driving a pickup, those folks, this is going to fit right in because most people are not carrying you know, a, a huge boat routinely across the country. It's going to be those short stints if there are, if they are even towing and a lot of trucks you see out there that are resold three, four or five years later have never even towed or had much in their bed, frankly. So it's more the weekend warriors. And I think for this, for that buyer, this truck is more than capable than anything they'll ever need. You're listening to the plug in for more podcast. If you're looking for information on electric vehicles, electric vehicles components, or information on how to reduce your carbon footprint, look no further than EVUniverse.com. EVUniverse.com is your one-stop shop for all things related to electric vehicle. So the frunk, like, I get it. The frunk is there, but like, I kind of saw it as gimmicky. Like, I know it's storage and storage is good and all that kind of stuff, but like, I was like, hey, whatever, it's a frunk. So I'm... On my way home, we stop at our our Meyer to do our grocery pickup. You know, you order online, you pull up, and they come and deliver your groceries out to you. And I purposely back into the spot that I'm supposed to be into. And when the guy comes up to deliver the groceries, I pop the frunk. He didn't know what to do. Like, it was really funny watching his reaction. It was like, oh, oh my goodness, I can put the food in here? And then, the, like, he didn't know what to do with it. So, like, I, I'm opening and closing the trunk from inside the truck, or the frunk from inside of the truck and like it was it was pretty funny and people are walking by and double taken and not knowing what to think of it because up here i think that's the only lightning right now in northern michigan so it's kind of unusual to see but that was fun but then at the same time we're going to the beach for the fireworks and this particular truck doesn't have a tunnel cover on it and i don't want to put my stuff in the back of the truck and worry about getting stolen without having a cover so I was really pleased that my Yeti cooler fit into the frunk and all my stuff went in there and we packed stuff for the beach outing and it all was self-contained in a locked storage area and I don't have to worry about it. I agree, Tom. I think uh, I had a conversation this morning at Cars and Coffee with a um, Maki owner and we're talking about the frunk and I was, I was walking him through my EV6, which has a very tiny frunk, literally not bigger than a laptop bag can fit in it. And, uh, he was saying he never uses his on a Maki because he's got the back. And I said, yeah, same. It's not a big deal. But I think you just highlighted the things yeah. that make a lot of sense on a truck is you don't put groceries in the bed usually because they roll all over the place and get smashed. Yeah. Um, to your point, I'm always concerned about putting something very valuable. Even though I've got a Tanu cover, it's a very quick cutaway from, hey, what's in here? Um the front right. on a pickup truck, I think, actually you will utilize a lot. I think uh, I always put the groceries, I don't know about you, in my back seat. Or if I go to Costco and get bulk stuff, I throw on the bed. But I'm not putting bags of groceries back there because by the end, you're you're picking up thousands of items out of your bed. Uh, they're rolling all over the place. Your milk's yeah. going to smash your eggs. So I think the front in a pickup truck is 
can be extremely useful rather than if you have a Mach-E or another hatchback, you know, or just a normal car. Um, and then Mike, I think uh, your BMW doesn't even have a frunk. Like, I was shocked. It's the first EV I've, uh, I'm aware of that does not have a frunk. So the i4, you can open the hood, but there's just mechanicals in there. So there's not much you can really do as far as a frunk um, storage-wise. In the iX, you can't even open the front. It just it won't allow it. Um, if you do, apparently it voids the warranty, or that's what BMW is trying to say, the local dealerships. So that's something to be aware of. So in the uh, F-150 Lightning charging point is a tribute to, I think, a 1913 kind of electric car that Ford had out tom i'm not quite sure you you uh saw it more than i did but we were able to take it out and see your dad's you know he has a classic you know model a what you what, what stood out for you around the lightning versus your dad's car well i mean we're talking about like 93 years of evolution here over the, the life of these trucks but my dad's is a 1929 model a pickup um i mean in their shape they're similar i mean but that's about it um, when you look at the overall size of the lightning compared to the model a, the lightning is huge. Um, the model a is really pretty basic with everything that it has. I mean, it's a completely, completely different vehicle as you would expect, but it was really cool seeing those two side by side and kind of the idea of heritage from where Ford has come to where it is now. Um, you know, cause that model a in its time was cutting edge. That was one of a kind that was, you know, a pioneer and, uh, now they're doing it again with the lightning. And I think it's, it's pretty symbolic in that sense. Um, you know, we'll have some videos of this up on our YouTube channel. You can take a look at too, to see exactly what we're talking about, but it's, uh, it's, it's pretty cool to see. I thought the same. It's, it always impresses me, uh, how much bigger things are. Um, you know, the, the model a is half the size of the lightning, but what actually kind of like surprised me the most was <laughs> it's uh, viewed as this, I know it was an aftermarket part in your dad's truck, but he has this like step up into the bed and we were all marveling over like, Oh my gosh, this lightning has a step up into the bed. And I know newer trucks have that. It's not a big deal, but it's pretty funny that I was just marveling that your dad's aftermarket step up into the bed you know, a hundred years later right. is now like a novel thing on a new truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of funny. Yeah. And I think I, I believe, and I will cut this if I'm wrong, but like the, the model a is a six volt battery system. It's not the 12. I think you're right, Tom. And I know there's, there's conversions that people do and they convert them to 12 volt. I don't think he's done that with this particular one, but he did get six or he did get led, headlights for his model a that go inside you know the bulbs so he can have a brighter headlights because otherwise driving on the road in the dark it's pretty scary it sounds like in the model a because they don't light very well yeah interesting yeah, that, yeah. and then of course the acceleration and top speed of the model a is a little bit different too it's uh i think the top speed on it's right around 50 you go much faster than that it gets scary we should have raced the uh golf cart with the model a Ooh. The golf cart might have won. Well, see, EV all the way. <laughs> it might have. Well, on the, on the topic of Model A, there's, there's a quick story. A friend of mine at Haggerty, um, Jonathan Klinger, this was probably 10 years ago, he wanted to show people that Model A's in classic cars could still be reliable. 
So most people would never do this, but he drove his Model A every single day for 365 days in northern Michigan. So he drove it through the winter, doesn't have a heater, so he wore a snowmobile suit. Um, he drove it downstate to Chicago. I mean, he drove it everywhere. And I think it's kind of cool, though, just still seeing the kind of like, hey, the Model A, still very, very cool, classic, iconic. But then probably the same questions that people might have of like, wow, how would you drive a Model A to Chicago? They might have for the Lightning. How would you drive a Mo Lightning to Chicago? Like, how would you charge it? Can you drive in the winter? The battery's going to degrade. Like, I think it's just interesting parallels of the same questions that he might have faced an almost 100-year-old car. You're probably going to get out a brand new car. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, some of those questions I get out of my car, I think it's just common sense that people don't understand uh, what it might be. They they ask those questions because they're, they're really trying to figure it out. But I thought it was kind of a parallel, parallel idea around that. And then, uh, I guess, lastly... Tom, what was your biggest takeaway from having an EV for the first, you know, 24 hours? What if, uh, what did you kind of learn or what did your takeaway, what surprised you, I guess, anything? I expected to like it. I really did. And some of the things that really stuck with me the most were things that maybe aren't exclusive to EVs, but like the Lightning has the adaptive cruise control and the lane assist while you're doing that. And I messed around with your lane assist on your EV6 when we brought it back from Detroit. And it kind of felt like we've talked about before in prior episodes, kind of like a pinball, like where you're just, it bounces you back and forth. That wasn't the case with the lightning. This we're on curvy country roads and it kept it pretty locked in tight and you have to have your hands on the steering wheel, but the trucks steered for itself and the adaptive cruise control that was new to me, but I thought it worked really well. And it really kind of made me fall in love with that truck. And in the prior episode, we talked with Aaron about how he arrived at his destination feeling more rejuvenated, more awake. I, I get that. And you have these creature comforts that are built in and these driving assist features. Like it, it takes some of that burden off you as the operator. And, and Mike has talked about this before, too. It, it's I think that's important. You know, and I was talking with my my partner while we're driving, and you know, she's saying how like she's more of a purist. She doesn't want all this technology in her cars. If she could go back to having a vehicle with analog dials and and no electronics, she'd be happy. You know, from a purist standpoint. But, and I know that'll be a complaint just for of some people. But for me, like it, it does make life a little easier, and it was intuitive, and it didn't feel intrusive, which is I think are important yeah. aspects of it. Yeah, for me, when I took, I mean, I just came back from Northern Michigan when I saw you guys, we filmed there, and then I came back down to North Carolina. We did that trip in 16 hours, um, one shot, and the reason we, we originally were planning to split up into two days on the way back, uh, just because, you know, it's, it's a long drive, especially with two little kids, um, yeah. but because that driver assist in the Tesla, the autopilot, um, I was very surprised even though I, I shouldn't be surprised at this point because i've had them for so many years now but just again reminded of how far you can go and how much more relaxing it is having those driver assistance features an aggravation that i have driving on any road you set your cruise at 60 miles per hour or 65 whatever it is you pick it doesn't much matter invariably if there's someone else on the road in front of you they're going to be going two miles per hour slower than you right like so you are trying to 
figure out where to put your cruise. You can stay behind them, but that adaptive cruise control, it, it senses that vehicle in front of you and it just keeps you at that safe distance. And you don't have to worry about paying that close of attention to sneaking up on them or not. But obviously you're, you're going to know if they stop suddenly, you can break and you're aware of what's going on, but you don't have to be focusing on that little part of it, which is cool. I agree. I think you're right. The lane assist, I'm not a fan of. I, I use a tiny bit on the highway when it's a straight shot, um, and that helps. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I don't use it. But I will admit, uh, yesterday on the way into work, I uh, use the adaptive cruise on my EV6, and I love it for two reasons. One, maybe you've all had this experience. I've found it on Toyota's where they have that radar, but it's way too out. Like my, the car's like a mile ahead and it slows down. It's like that car is so far out there. Yeah. So in the, on the EV6, you can change the range. And so I can get really actually close yeah. to cars before it reacts, which I like. Number two, I set it to 65 and I would just for fun, tested it all the way into town when it went from 55 miles an hour to 25. And granted, there was cars in front of me, but um, it stayed, it did 25 miles an hour. I didn't have to touch the accelerator for 10 miles out of my 11-mile commute. It just did it for itself, varying between 25 miles an hour to 65 miles an hour, staying fairly close with traffic. We're not talking, you know, a quarter mile or anything. So I really, I actually like that part. And I'm kind of like your um, significant other. I kind of like not using that stuff, but when you're... When you're commuting and you're kind of not really wanting to drive for fun, I actually use that more than more than anything. I was surprised. You know, I we drove like I mentioned, we drove it down to Frankfurt, which is about 33 miles from where I'm at. So it was you know 66 miles round trip. I didn't touch the brake pedal once. I was completely using the one pedal driving and the regenerative braking. And like we've talked about, it takes a little bit to get used to it, but maybe after about the first 10 miles, like I felt like I had it down pretty well and I was able to bring the vehicle to rest and slow down and do all that kind of stuff. And it was smooth and you really couldn't tell a difference. Uh, and that I think is pretty cool knowing how that works. I mean, I think to me, the takeaway on it is the range is significant. The truck rides really well. It accelerates really well. There's a ton, there's a more storage than you'd get in a typical lightning. What's not, what's, what's not to like about that? You know, I know they're going for a premium. A lot of people are selling them over sticker, but if you take kind of that factor, factor that out, there's a lot of cars, you know, gas or electric vehicles are going for more than sticker anyways. I mean, I don't see why you wouldn't get into this unless you're in that small subset of people that really needs to tow a large amount of weight for a long distance. Right. Other than that, to me, it's very easy reason to get into this this particular truck it really is yep and i've got a reservation for the lightning i don't have i haven't had the offer to build an order yet but i anticipate taking advantage of that when that time comes obviously we're gonna get the maquis here first because that's already on order but it you know the lightning when that comes that'll be the next one i have no doubt in my mind yeah tom I was gonna yeah. ask you if the dealer that gave you the lightning had any idea if you wanted to put a reservation in and then order like what kind of time frame are you talking about here? Did they, did they mention anything? Like, do you have a guess? They, they didn't mention anything, but like, I just know from our outside reading and research that they've closed the order banks for 2022. And depending on where your reservation falls, you may not even be able to eligible, be eligible to order for 2023 because they're so backed up. Um, 
they hit it a lot about supply chain issues. In fact, I got an email from Ford about the Mach-E last week, just letting me know that they're having supply chain issues and that they're just going to keep us updated with emails every 45 days. Let us know that my car still isn't ready. Interesting. So all in all, like guys, like one, it was really, really cool to be together and make a few videos. And I hope people get up to our YouTube channel and check out the social media pages and they can see some of the content recreated. We'll be releasing that over the next few weeks here as that, that comes, um, had a good time hanging out and sharing that truck with you guys. And can't wait to do the next podcast with you. Likewise. Great. Thanks guys. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to plug in for more. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. In the meantime, check out the one-stop EV marketplace, eVuniverse.com. Until next time.